today Sam has been stripped of his title apparently for himself. He just cried to me about it. I gave him a big hug. Uh, but this is episode. I'm lying. It's Wednesday, April 12th. I'm gonna sound like Sam. Thanks for tuning in for another week to the podcast that gives you the most honest viewpoints on this week's hottest sports topics. This is episode 94 of the Chasing Points Podcast. I sound that corny. <laughs> I mean, I'm I did used to work on radio. This but... is Sam. How you doing, Sam? You really you're going you're going 100 <laughs> right now. I'm great, Brandon. How are you? How was your weekend? I Happy just Easter. have to message you, man. How you, seriously, how are you doing, sir? Good, man. How, good, how was good. your Easter? Good. Family's it was good? it was well. Time spent with the family, really, really good. Um, I saw you got a got a nice little trip to uh, with the fam, and you uh, had a little time with little man, which is great. Um, yeah. Which I I always big ups to the dads, uh, big ups to the moms as well, parents in general for all that you do during Easter, eggs and hiding all that good stuff. That's, a lot. And That's fun. Bunnies and chocolates and all the all that jazz. Uh, uh, I'm assuming, did you just do something small with just your family or did you go yeah, with just, big family? Uh, yeah, wife's family last weekend, my family on, on Sunday, but we, yeah. you know, did the Easter Bunny stuff, went to see the Easter Bunny and, yeah. uh, you know, went to uh, our first amusement park yesterday. Ethan's, my son's first amusement park and Natalie's, but uh, so that was a lot of fun. So uh, now I have a yeah. question about the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Uh, because all the Easter bunnies that I've ever seen look absolutely terrifying. Was this one right on par with that? Uh, they're not as the the mall Easter bunnies you're referring to. They're not as scary as like probably when we were kids. Okay. Going to the the mall we used to go to when we were kids. I'm mm -hmm. not going to blast put anyone on blast, but you know, uh, this wasn't bad. I'll Newberg Mall. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I don't know why you're not soon. putting that on blast. I will. It's going to be a casino soon, so it doesn't. You know. Yeah, that's true. It's very, very true. But, it won't uh, be known as a Newark Mall. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was good. Uh, Danbury Fair Mall in in Danbury, Connecticut. Great, okay. great Easter money. I'll send you pics. Great, please picks. do. Please yeah. do. All right, now that I'm anyway. done making fun of Sam and all that good stuff, uh, we got a lot to get into this week. So let's not even waste any time. Uh, when we're recording this, uh, the games will be on, uh, which is the playing games. Uh, tomorrow, when this podcast comes out, you will will have two games uh, that day as well. So we'll get into that as well. But the first games uh, that, are, that are happening April 11th, when you guys hear this, you'll already know the verdict of this as well. Uh, so will we at that point in time when this comes out. But <laughs> uh, game one for the play-in is the Atlanta Hawks who are the eighth seed in the East. Uh, they will be playing the Miami Heat, who are the seventh seed. And then you have game two, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the eighth seed in the West. They're playing the Los Angeles Lakers, who are the seventh seed. Uh, Sam, yeah, who do you have first in both of these games? Um, well, I, I think I have the Heat. I know I have the Heat. I, okay. I just think the Heat are a much better team than the Hawks. And uh, just overall, you could look at this Heat team and like they shouldn't really be a seven seed, in my opinion. And then I I read something the other day that the Hawks are three and ten against the Heat over the last two seasons, including obviously last year's playoffs too. So yeah. um, they kind of own it. There's a lot of talk about Trey uh, Trey Young and and what to do there. I don't know why anyone is focusing on that when they have a a game to win, but that that is the media so 
I, I just think the Heat are a better team. And, uh, you know, Atlanta's just been a mess all year. Okay. And what about game two? I think it got a lot easier for the Lakers, especially I, after. I, uh, I mean, I know we'll get into to Rudy Gobert in a second, but um, I'm I wasn't a big fan of Rudy Gobert in general, um, personally or on the court. I think he's it just doesn't fit today's game. But um, you know, who knows? The Timberwolves might be better now that Rudy Gobert is not playing this game. But uh, no team's got a better record since the trade deadline than than the Lakers and. We talked about it all year, what the Lakers had to do to get into this position. And miraculously, they did. And AD's on fire and they're healthy. So, I'm, you know, I like the Lakers. What about you, man? So you're talking about the guy that started COVID, that guy. Yeah, um, yeah he, re- <laughs> he started COVID in sports. Yeah. All jokes aside, because I know it, it is serious and, and people, yeah. some of our viewers have been affected. I mean, we all pretty much have. Uh, yeah, Rudy, since that situation... Uh, I haven't rocked with Rudy Gobert uh, because yep. he kind of handled such a serious situation as so nonchalant. Uh, obviously, at that point in time, we didn't know how severe uh, what this was. Uh, but just to kind of joke around and play with something that people don't know, it it, it will never not rub me the wrong way, uh, especially after it effect- affected several teammates as well. Uh, but then to continue his his weird streak in the NBA uh, with his interactions with teammates uh, getting into a fight with slow-mo uh, Mr. That's I, I'm not <laughs> I, to be fair. That is, is his nickname is Kyle Anderson um, and just punching him in that. And then hearing Kyle after, I don't know if you heard the, uh, the TMZ footage, but somebody recorded it didn't show any visual, but you can hear him. Uh, infuriated. Apparently, uh, they've they've hashed it out since, uh, but the damage is already done. Uh, Rudy is is suspended for a game, and this probably couldn't come at a more pivotal time. Uh, that they absolutely need him uh, against the Lakers. Luckily for them, uh, they had will have another chance if once they lose this game because I don't see them beating the Lakers. They will have another chance to get in. Uh, but that was just dumb on his behalf. Uh, but the Lakers, as to your point, we I said it, and I was super ecstatic when it happened, Sam. I, when those trades happened that the Lakers were talking about trying to make moves, I said at that point in time, I said, this is huge for their roster, yeah. and it has paid all for them thus far. So I'm curious to see how far they can go because all you need to do is get into the tournament and go from there. Um, yeah, I also no, agree with you. Go ahead, you going to say something? I was going to say no playing teams ever won a playoff series. Yeah, well, I so I could this 100% might change see that. them doing it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's that's also funny to say because it's also very very new the playing. So it's oh yeah, it's, it's, I mean, 2020. You know, of course, there's only a couple of years of data, but yeah, absolutely. And then I, I agree with you as the Heat taking it. They're just a, a way more complete team, uh, a team that uh, almost won a championship. Uh, yeah. Not too long ago, they still have the components. They have not played up to uh, Miami Heat standard, uh, but I don't see them having any issue with rolling over the Hawks. The Hawks have too many problems, uh, even with uh, Dan Snyder as their head coach. I think they've been 500 since that point in time. Um, Sounds about right. <laughs> since since he's come over, Trey. I don't know. I, I know when he kind of came in the hype because of his range of shooting. People try to 
compare him to Steph, which I wish everybody would just stop doing just because people shoot long range. Steph is the reason people shoot that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop comparing everybody to him. He is him. Stop. Um, but Trey's, Trey's a good player, but I, I also don't think his game, he's too small in, in the NBA. And it's if he can't shoot and he's off, there's not really too much Trey is doing in a matchup. And the team is also kind of eh. So that's that. The games today, when you guys hear this podcast, uh, will be Chicago Bulls, the number 10 seed in the East, and then Toronto Raptors, number nine. And you have OKC, number 10 in the West, and the Pelicans, number nine. Same, same thing. Who do you have in both? I don't understand. I, I really would have thought the Chicago Bulls team would be a better team over the last couple of years. That the pieces that they've added, um, you know, we both love Demar Derozan. I don't think he gets enough credit. Sure doesn't. Um, Levine's looked, you know, has looked better. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things going on behind the scenes in in Chicago. I like Alex Caruso. Um, the center, what's the center's name? I like him too. Um, from the Magic, but I, I, I don't get this Toronto team. It sounded like at the deadline we were really. I put my eggs in the basket of Toronto's just going to implode this team and <laughs> and and um you know just start tanking unofficially and they've done anything anything but that and they've they've pr- played pretty well. I I think the Raptors going to win. I just. I don't know why. By the end of this podcast, I could switch it. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I like this Bulls team better than this Bulls team is actually probably likes themselves. So uh, I'll I'll do it right now. I'll just say the Bulls. I like the Bulls. Doubles. You sound you sound like uh, the Jets and the Packers right now, trying to decide on what to uh, <laughs> do with this trade package. Uh, I I'm gonna just interject real quick. Uh, Vujovic is the yeah, center you were talking about. And I have the Bulls as well. Winning. Oh, look at that. We don't know each other's picks, by the way. No, no, idea. Uh, I have the Bulls winning because I, I, to your point, I just think they have the pieces. I know I don't see Zach Levine being there for much longer. No, uh, I do feel bad for DeMar DeRozan because he just keeps going to these places and he does his part and he's available and it just never pans out for him. Even I mean, the damn man went to San Antonio with one of the greatest coaches ever and they still couldn't really do too much and he's uh, he's the catalyst for the raptors winning a title <laughs> yeah exactly it's exactly shame, it's it's just he just keeps getting the uh short straw uh so that that's my my pick as well i i just don't see the raptors even with them being seated higher i mean pretty much you're you're, it's your pick your poison at that point okay see uh pelicans who do you have i you you know i really like sga i've always Really liked him. I do as well. Uh, just this Thunder team is, you know, a lot of different pieces, but I like the individual pieces. I mm-hmm. just, I like the Pelicans more. They've been there. They've been in this situation before. They have. Um, you know, I don't care if Zion's on the court or not. Like he's he's not shocker, right? He's not on the court. But uh, I think the Pelicans will take it. I just think they're uh, they're a better team, and uh, have the experience. Zion's in the food court because he just keeps putting on weight and uh, he needs to literally no joke. This is part of his issues is when you're overweight, you're putting extra pressure on your joints. And for a big guy that jumps like that, that's a lot of weight coming down. And I've said it before. 
Uh, I know numerous friends have said it his way. He doesn't know how to land properly. If you watch how he jumps and he how he lands, it just it don't look good, and it's not good. And one hundred percent, once he loses weight, it'll be different. But this is not about Zion because he's not playing. Um, but I I again agree with you. It's the Pelicans. Uh, we saw what they did last year without Zion. Uh, they were extremely formidable. Uh, but this young young team in OKC has got some really really yeah. good young players. Absolutely, uh, they're they're going to make it a, a a definite good game. Um, but I'm not going against the Pelicans after what I saw last year. It's yeah, just same. really really hard for me to to do that. Um, and the Thunder's doing this without Chet Holmgren too. They're they are what, number two overall pick who mm-hmm. just who got hurt in a a pickup game or whatever and. And that's that. So, I mean, the, the sky's the limit for the, the Slender team. I know we both like the pieces in on the roster, um, but they're just, you know, maybe some experience. Maybe they're, you know, naive enough to to not see the big picture and just play basketball. Um, anything's possible, right? But, yeah, I I think we're both on the same page here. We, we definitely are. We definitely are. And uh, on April 14th, is game one of the East, the Eastern Conference final seeding to get in, which is the seven or eight loser versus the East nine or ten winner. Uh, and then game two is the West seven or eighth loser against the West nine or ten winner. Um, so that'd be pretty interesting. Based off of our guesses, you you can already see who we have being there. Uh, so if we're going to go off of that just for, for fun, Sam, Wait, did we we picked all the same teams. Yeah, we did. Oh wow, look at that. All right. We did. So I mean, pretty much off our picks, you already know who's gonna be there from what we think. Uh, but I, I just think that the Heat get in and for the East, no matter what. And then it has to be between I'd say the Heat and then the Bulls get in. Would that be the, the how it works? Right? The winners and winners. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Cause the well, one seven well, one. Yeah, right. The seven That's, eight winner is automatically the seven seed. Right? Already so, in. Yep, yeah, yeah. So it'd sense. be so it'd be the Bulls. Yep. Um, and then for the other, we said it would be the Lakers in already, and then it would be the Pelicans. So that would be that. Now, uh, who's not getting in? Uh, <laughs> who's not even sniffing this? Is the Dallas Mavericks, who decided to sit everyone on their team except for Luca because it was Slovenia night. <laughs> that's the only reason Luca played, Sam. Uh but oh, I didn't sure. know that. Yes, I didn't know that's the only reason he played is because it was Slovenia night. I, I love Slovenia night. So they had to, you know, they had to show the guy's face that they're using the promo for. So that's the only reason Luca played. Uh but outside of that, the Mavs, when they had a chance to get into the play in, they chose to sit everybody so they can keep their draft position. Uh, now I'm, I've saw something and I have to read into it a little bit further. So I'm not going to say if this is true or not. Um, I'll, I'll take the blame for that, but I did see something stating that uh, the Dallas Mavericks did consult with the NBA before sitting people. I don't know how true that is. I could see that because that makes sense. Even though the NBA is currently investigating them uh, for sitting the players, but how, like I'm just thinking of like how Kyrie's feeling in this situation, right? You come to this team, you have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, and they say, you know what, we're gonna sit you, even though we have a chance of 
getting to the playoffs and going somewhere, potentially contending and doing something. But we want you to sit because we want to get picks to increase this team. Right. Kyrie may not be there after this. So I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, I don't think he is either. Yeah. And I, I've been having this debate with my buddy George that I don't know if the Mavs are going to be able to keep Luca or not. Uh, because Luca is saying all the right things to the media, as he should. But I don't know if Mark Cuban is going to be able to do that. Now, I know he put a lot of things, a lot of pieces around Dirk and made sure that Dirk had everything that he needed and built a team around him. And I know he's trying to do the same thing for, for Luca, but I don't know if if this is it. I don't know if Jason Kidd is the right coach for them. I don't know uh, if get, letting Jalen just walk out Jalen Bronson for those that don't know just walk out uh, of there so yeah. what what do you think the Mavericks are doing or their their plan attack or what do you think they need to do well yeah that's a great question because we talked about it last week right like you, mm -hmm. you had this I don't remember what the exact stat was but they were fourth in the west when they landed Kyrie and they they traded some good role players sure did and uh Thank a you. couple draft picks yeah, yeah, to your to your nets and some draft picks, and uh, you know, since then, I they're uh, they're nine and sixteen since that since that trade, and now they're the eleven. They went from the fourth seed to the essentially the eleventh seed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of shocking. It's not like I think there's some ramifications with that Porzingis trade with the Knicks, where if the if the Nick um, if this pick by the Mavs is a certain number it can stay with them. Otherwise it, it goes to the Knicks. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but yeah. it's not like this, you know, you know, this draft as far as like some of these high school, uh, younger freshmen that are going to be in this draft, but I don't think it's like this huge draft outside of like, obviously when, when at the top, right. He's a generational talent by all, by all accounts. But other than that, there's a couple players here, but you know, I don't know if you're you're not getting into the you might get into the lottery. You might. I mean, it's happened. It's happened to them before. It happens to some of these teams. But I don't know if that's really what's going on here. It's kind of perplexing to me unless they were just kind of like, no, nah, we're good. But yeah, I, you said Kyrie. I'm wondering what the Mavs fans are feeling about this just based on based on this man. I'd, I'd be upset. I mean, there's there's a chance you just got to get in right and get hot. But, you know. The the interesting thing you just said about the them consulting the league is is interesting. Uh, I mean, Mark Cuban's been in enough trouble with the league and is at the same time like a voice for the league. It's a yeah. very weird relationship, but it's I I don't quite know. I I haven't followed it as closely as you, but I I don't quite know what they could possibly be thinking. What do you think? Uh what do I think that the Mavs are doing? Yeah, like why why did they you know they. They spent a fortune to get Kyrie on a rental, assuming, and uh, they're well, just thrown in the towel. Well, here, here's my towel. here's my thinking of what people do sometimes. It's it's always that that shiny thing on the shelf that you always want, right? It's like Kyrie's there. Who it, at, if you just saw a tape on Kyrie and Jalen Brunson, Sam, and you knew nothing about either of the teams that they were potentially going to, you probably nine times out of ten. Shit, probably 10 times out of 10 would pick Kyrie, right? You're going to pick Kyrie because of what he does on the court. Now, I'm just talking about just on the court, all right? He does a lot of uh, 
philanthropic things off of the court. Uh, but then he also has a lot of issues and he's always the center of topic no matter what. And you don't know what mood Kyrie is when you get him, right? But if you can get a generational talent like that, you go and do it every single time. You, you go and yeah. do it every single time. But you just mortgaged off your future potentially. And you, if you're trying to keep Luca and Luca's watching these pieces go out and you're potentially losing picks and you're losing good wing players uh, that, that were there to be able to defend to take the pressure off of him and what he's doing and the focus off, what, what are you doing? Because now you really have to focus on the draft and get young players, which means you have to rebuild where guys are trying to look like Luca or trying to get a championship. They don't want to sit there forever. Dame Lillard just said it the other day. He made it very, very clear to Portland. I don't want guys that are like two, three years away. Essentially saying, like, don't give me these young people. I'm trying to get, I want y'all to get pieces here. He's been doing it for 10 years. Like, he's been in this constant cycle. And like, or, you know, he's had big playoff moments, big shots, but like never enough to get over the hump. No. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. This is and, and this, this is, is the same thing happening exa- in a different part exact, of the country. Exactly. You yeah. get what I'm saying. This is this is exactly what it's starting to look like. Uh, but the difference is I trust Mark Cuban because I've seen what Mark Cuban has done to to go and 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 build and get pieces and he's willing to spend money because it's his money. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's he's the most uh he is I guess you would say he is the only owner that you see in the NBA like 24-7. And he is very avid about his team and wanting to build there. So I I, I think they have an opportunity to do. You can get somebody like a Hawkins in, in the, the draft if you somehow, some way, do move some pieces to get in to try to get him and go from there. But you're going to have to move and do a lot of, and be very strategic. Like at one point, we didn't think that the Lakers were going to be able to do anything with the contract that he had tied up with with Westbrook and and all the other bad deals that they made and tied up in LeBron's money and AD's money, and then look how they flipped it, right? If you have a really smart mind, mind a GM, and, and you're on board with your your owner and the owner is able to be like, okay, let's do this, you can work miracles, but you need the other parties to cooperate. So, I, Sam, this is the biggest mystery to me. I, yeah. I really don't know, and I guess we'll just – have to buckle in and see how this is going to play out. Um, I, I would have to last point on this. I would have to think that Cuban is smart enough to know just based on, you know, what we know of him, that mm-hmm. this will be able to work long-term. Like I will be able to find and get people to come to Dallas yeah. to surround this kid who I only have a couple years left with before he's, he's gone. Or are you, do you entertain the fact of, you could probably get the biggest deal to date if you you moved him eventually. You know, you see what AD went for. You say see yeah. what, um, you know, the Paul George trade. Um, all you know, all these other big. You're throwing a million draft picks in Donovan Mitchell. This Luca's as good as as AD is in his prime. Yeah, a healthy AD. So it's like, why couldn't you even get more than that? So I think I, you have to. I don't know if you hit the panic button there yet, but you know you'd rather I get. I wouldn't say that's the panic button. I, I I think it, or keep it in mind. I guess you you made a great point. Mark Cuban is a businessman, so businessmen always are looking ahead, ten steps ahead, 
to get ahead of whatever is going to come. If they cannot financially get people, bring people in the door, well, financially, he's probably going to be fine. But if pick-wise, they can't get people, if they're not able to trade and, and move certain people around to get people in the door to help Luka, Luka's not going to stay. So that is not a bad option to move Luka. Like, yes, you don't want to move a generational piece, but guess what? If I can get back a haul for him and build up the future and have a team to go into the future with multiple players that that are that look amazing, I'm doing that. I'm doing that because at the end of the day, unfortunately, it sucks for your fan base. But I need to get you guys to stay around forever. I'm not trying to get you to stay here temporarily, right? So yeah. That would be just a contrast because they were a year away a year ago. They were games away from the conference final or no, the, 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 um, the whole thing, right. The, the finals. And now here they are, you know, just throwing in the towel. It's just, it's, it's an interesting dynamic and yeah, you're right though. It's, um, yeah, it'll be interesting off season. I think the rumblings will probably start that Luke is not happy. You'll probably start hearing that soon. I, I think we're already hearing that now. Um, NBA awards, Sam. Yeah, you, NBA you put, is coming up. You, you coming put up. this in here, and uh, let's just run through this. So, MVP. Both Sam and I have Joel Embiid. And real quick, I'm just curious why you have it, and I'll share why I have Joel. This are we going from the what we would do or what we think is going to happen? Because I just I have this feeling that the voters are not going to let. Jokic be like the first three time winner since Larry Bird. Like, I just, I don't think that's possible. I think there's fatigue there, even though I think he's having an incredible year. You could easily give this award to him, Giannis, or Embiid. Like, if you blacked out their, their faces and, and put blind stats next to each other, like, it's, you can make a case for all of these stats. I just, I just think Embiid's doing the most with the least. I mean, the Bucks are a great team. I don't, eh. I don't know about that. Eh, I don't yeah, know, man. I yeah. I feel like he's the best on both sides of the floor, though. I time. I don't know. It's hard. I just picked Embiid. I just think the voters are are tired of the other two, and that is nothing against the other two because they are future Hall of Famers, like without well, a doubt. Well, that's unfortunate because, and and I agree with you, but I I just don't like it because. LeBron could have been MVP damn near 10 years in a row. They're not going to let it happen, but LeBron has been the best yes. player in the court yes. every yes. single time he goes out there, right? It's voter fatigue, and he's just not – he doesn't even get looked at for MVP anymore, which is absolutely wild to me because he's literally been the most valuable player on the Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis has been down. Um True, he didn't even win the year that they won the championship in the bubble, right? He didn't even win MVP then. Nope. So, I mean, this is – if anybody I would really, really choose here, it would be Giannis because Giannis is the most dominating force in basketball and is doing what he has to do. But then people are factoring in the team around him. Would the team be fine around him? Like, it's, it's people choose these arguments when they want to choose these arguments. Oh, yeah. It's cherry-picking, yeah. Right, because if we go back to to football, and I'm I'm gonna sound like a homer with this, but when Jalen Hurts was down, 
you saw that this team could not win without Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. Is that not most valuable player? Yeah, it's, it, it's the age it's old more of most popular player now than anything. Uh, but before I go on this whole tangent, uh, yeah, Embiid, I, I think Embiid could have won it last year. I I thought he absolutely should have won it last year. But to your point, I'm, I'm starting to hear rumblings that people essentially just don't want to see uh, Jokic win uh, three in a row because he hasn't done anything. Well, newsflash for you guys, neither has Joel Embiid. This was a boogie cousins that just said like he's the he third win. best in center yeah. in the league. Yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't win because he hasn't done anything. You yeah. Know, he shouldn't yeah. be on that pedestal. And I, I think that's a, I think that's part of playing in Denver and you don't really have much. I mean, I, we like Michael Porter. We like, I know you like Jamal Murray. I do too. It's a solid team. They're the first in the West. Yeah. They don't look that great when he's not on the court. But it's just it's a weird dynamic. But at the same time, Otani's won MVP, and that team would be in last place with or without the Angels would be in last place with or without him. Yep. The years A Rod was in Texas, he won MVP, and again they would have been in last place in the West with or without him. Mm-hmm. So like it, there's a it's an interesting, interesting kind of uh, uh, you know situation there. But yeah, back to back scoring titles for Embiid. I just think I just think it's his his time, but. You could, you could give it to either all three of them, either one of them. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to argue. I'm not, not either. Say, oh man, that's weird. I'm also not going to argue about who the rookie of the year is because no. uh, it's. I think it's unanimous. It's Paolo Vanchero. Um Young man is phenomenal. He's been phenomenal in college. Was phenomenal in the NBA thus far. This is a Tar Heel he, fan. He's only going to get better. Him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't. No, he's don't. 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 Throw salt into the wounds, hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pablo is is just that dude. He's he's just a big body that can score, plays like a, a guard, a scoring guard, no matter what. Um, this kid has a bright future. All he needs to do is just stay healthy. Um, yeah, this Magic team, I we like the pieces on this team too. I know we've we've talked about it offline a lot. I didn't I didn't know this, but he is he'd be the 11th rookie to average 26 and 3 hmm. 20.6 assists and three boards no three assists six boards 20 points a game 11th all time and you look at that list and it's you know it's all time great so uh he's 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 right there he's been the most consistent player rookie too um so it's yeah it's it's runaway that's easy too. Yeah. that one's the easiest one of this all uh, but here is where Sam and I do not agree. Defensive player of the year. Sam has Brooke Lopez, and I have Draymond Green. Interesting. Okay. Go ahead, Sam. Why do you have Brooke Lopez? I had Jaron Jackson Jr. Because mm-hmm. I was reading some stuff. And then I read that, you know, obviously a lot of people like JJJ, but he's played 1,800 minutes this season. And yep. Lopez, Lopez has played... 600 more minutes and they both have the same they've held opposing players to almost 13 percent percentage points beneath their normal field goal percentage but lopez has played 600 more minutes so the efficiency needs to be so much higher for for um for lopez there to to stay up to that i i just think i i think that's um that's you know that's great he's obviously on a more talented team i think this Agreed. Bucks team could win the whole thing. I 
I like this Grizzlies team. If you've been listening all year, we both do. But um, yeah, I, I just think he's he does a lot um, for this team. I I just thought that stat was crazy. It was that's from SI. I I grabbed that the other day. Uh, Chris Herring from SI. But yeah, that's why that that's what sealed me. He just he's been on the court more. Okay. Well, here's why I have Draymond. When the war the Warriors were ranked 14th on defense without Draymond on the court. With Draymond on the court, they were the top defense in the league. Wow. Okay. There's that. When he wasn't playing, they allowed 6.1 more points per 100 possessions. Green also played 2,297 minutes this season compared to JJJ's 1,787 minutes. Yeah. So when he's not on the court, they're 14th. When he is on the court, they're number one. When he's not on the court, there's 6.1 more points per 100 possessions. Yeah, Draymond is is that for me. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't see that. That that's really interesting too because that team has gone through obviously a lot uh, a lot this year. I won't say mm-hmm. that obviously they're fine, right? They're what the fifth or sixth seed. They're they made it right there. It was a weird yeah. season for him. A lot of, you know, the Steph wasn't on the floor. Clay's got had his issues. The depth isn't there. Um, you know, a lot of young guys there, but yeah, that consistency there. I mean, he is, he in, in many ways is we've seen it for a decade now. He's the life line of this team. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, that's an interesting case. I have to, to look into that more. I, again, I, I don't know enough. Like, I'm not going to cry about the defensive player of the year, right? Like, I'm not going to. Yeah, of course. No not. matter who it is, but yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, what's not interesting is Sam and I both have Mike Brown. Yeah, <laughs> as, you said this as the coach of the year. Uh, that's very very straightforward. Uh, what happened with it? What's going on with the Kings? Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw Sam. Uh, they're having record sales for their playoff tickets right oh, now. Nice, which awesome. is no shock because they haven't been in the playoffs since like. Uh, Peja was on the damn team seventeen um, years ago. Yeah, wild. Think about that, Sam. It's just absolutely wild. Seventeen years ago, uh, Mike Brown, head coach of the Kings, they ended the season with a forty-eight and thirty-four record, uh, which is absolutely wild. That they are third in the West. Yeah. Think of all the teams, all the people we just spoke about in this conversation, and they are third in the West. Um, they have a tough draw because if the Lakers win the way that we think they're going to win, I think they play the Kings. If I remember correctly, yeah, it would be three seven, right? Yeah, yep. So no, it wouldn't. It would it be would... two seven. So yeah, then they play the. Oh no, I'm sorry. It would be three, three six, three six. So yeah. they play the Warriors. There you go. Still, I mean, still tough here. Yeah, right? no <laughs> matter what they, no matter who they face, is going to be hard. No matter who anybody faces in the Western Conference is going to be hard. But Mike Brown, that's that's nothing against Mike Brown's uh, accolades. He had a phenomenal season. I just love to see Mike Brown. He's always been a great coach. He's been around greatness several times, having coached LeBron and and a D Wade and so on and so forth. Like he's just been around greatness, and he is just a great coach himself. He seems to be an extremely great guy. And very uh, loved by uh, uh, plenty of players in the league. So I commend him for sure. 
and I'm I'm interested to see what the Kings do once this this tournament starts. Yeah, and for to be a three seed too, they're still kind of playing with house money, right? No one expected anything of them. If if we sat here when we were previewing the NBA season and said that hey, the Sacramento Kings are going to be third in the West, we would have laughed as hard as we did at Dame when he said the Giants. Were I was just about to say that probably would have been a Dame and, prediction. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you know what, like. It just shows it's, I mean, culture is a big thing. They, yeah, they, how many coaches have they had in 17 years? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was like eight or nine, like full time coaches, not interim coaches. Like, it's just wild. And, uh, you know, Darren Fox just has really developed into a great player over the years. And the, I really liked Halliburton. I wish he was a Nick. I still to this day don't understand why we drafted Obi Toppin over him. But that trade New York and, guy to get Sabonis, I was like, oh, OK, and he's played. He's played great. I mean, it's it's part of it's part of this team. They have they have pieces. They could they could make some noise and, and shock people. But just to, to be here at this point is a, is a great foundation. We kind of talk about it uh, like we were referencing before an experience. The playoffs, right? I mean, this is could it's a launching pad for. For a team or two, you know, what's who's going to be next year's Kings. If they get out of the first round. It'll be a victory. It will. And we'll have to see what happens. I'm. It's already a victory for them right now, yeah. just to even get to that point. So, um, but speaking of victories, Sam can take his little victorious lap of his power ranking because he put together a power ranking for you all for the MLB. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. I was blindsided. But now here we are, Sam is yours i wanted to surprise you 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 did such a great job with uh the nfl power rankings oh thank you and i just wanted something to be my own instead of making graphics for you on instagram so no i uh so I, yeah i just kind of looked at top five and obviously we're 10 11 games into the season i'm just going on like overall team here i have the dodgers at five they're only six and five there's better teams. There's like the the Guardians are seven and three or something like that. I'm you know they they didn't make the list. It's still too early, but pick the Dodgers. I referenced at the beginning of the year. They finally like are they have a really good farm system. It's like two or three in the in the league, and they're incorporating some of these players here. And uh, their pitching staff's been hurt. They're still pitching well. Uh, James Outman is an outfielder. He's an older outfielder for a rookie, but he might be in contention for rookie of the year here. Oh yeah. And they have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. So you can't count this team out. Their payroll, their, their pockets are unlimited. They have uh, one of the best VPs in, in the game. The guy who used to run the, the race for all those years. Why am I drawing a blank? Um, but they, they have a great front office, so they're always going to be in it. Right. Uh, Padres again, six and five uh, just did some work against the Braves but I have the Braves ahead of them. But it's, again, just overall team context here. And this is with Manny Machado not doing much. Soto's finally starting to pick it up. Joe Musgrove hasn't played at all yet. And Tatis can't come off his suspension until the 20th. And they, they're they piecing together wins, and they're they're looking pretty good there. I still I will reference this until I die. I still don't understand where all this money's coming from. Uh, if you look at the deals that they've signed over the last even like five or six years, but um, yeah, good for them. Good for San Diego. I really, I like this team. 
I like the Braves too at three. Uh, they're the only NL East team above 500 and have a positive run differential. Um, Acuna, Maddelson's playing out of his mind, Ozzy Albies, and uh, you know, hopefully some of their younger pitchers that got hurt at the beginning of the year will will be healthy, but they're playing pretty well. Here's one that I struggle with because I a I don't like the the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't like them. Right. I I respect the fact how they run their organization. I hate that they play in Tampa. No one will go and see them, and that they're you know they deserve better for what for what they do because what they have they make it work. But you may have heard that they're the first team to start a season ten and zero since the Brewers in '87. They've outscored teams. 76 to 18. Great year. Great year. Yeah. Well, this year you were born. Yep. Look at you. Yeah. Your, continue. Your parents watched a lot of Milwaukee Brewer games. Not at all. <laughs> uh, the, they they probably have the best pitching performances to start the year. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, Shane McCallan, um, McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen. I just don't buy it because they have the worst strength of schedule in the entire league. They played. I'm not even looking the tigers, the A's and the nationals. And they just started playing the red Sox who they lost. Oh, they won. They beat yesterday, Monday. So like if any other team played those teams and got the pitching, they got, they'd probably be really close to 10 and 0 too. In my opinion, those are probably the three worst teams in baseball, not counting the red Sox. I think the red Sox aren't that bad. So that's why I picked them too. And then the homer in me is picking the Yankees. I'm not sure why. Because you're but, a homer. You just said the homer in you. That's why. <laughs> but I did write here. I think you would like this because I'm going to use this stuff on social media. That's why I kind of wrote out these little things that you may or may not have read. But they have injuries and they have guys like IKF, Donaldson, and Hicks. But still, they find themselves with the fifth best run differential in the league. Judges picked up where he left off. Glaber in a contract year is playing out of his mind already. And uh Garrett Cole is just, you know, looks like Garrett Cole. And uh oh yeah, Volpe hasn't done squat yet. So that's why I'm I'm picking uh the Yankees, but you could easily say the Yankees are second or third on this. I wouldn't argue with you. Okay, good. I'm glad you won't argue with me because I'm putting them at third and I'm putting the Rays at one because they're ten and up. Yes, and because I literally had to go through the same shit all year for football about yep. my Eagles playing their schedule that they didn't create, and they played against these teams. The Rays didn't make the schedule; they just go out there and play. They could, as the strength of schedule is, they could have gone out there and lost all of these games, but they didn't. So, yes, they're going to face more dynamic teams as it goes. And who's to say that these warmups essentially doesn't make them better for that time when they face the Yankees or have the interleague game against the Braves and so on and so forth. A 10 and no team in major league baseball is a feat of its own. And, and I want to give them their flowers, even though I can't stand the Rays either, except I love their old and original logo. I will never not love that logo. <laughs> Um, and the colors of what it was. So I, I will always give love for that. But I, I, to your point, like you mentioned, it's it's really, really sad that they are in kind of like a... Purgatory? Yeah, pretty much. Because it's 
I don't know anybody that's like, let's just go down to Tampa and go to that terrible stadium and watch baseball and, and then support. Nobody goes and supports either. Uh, but yeah, I have to have him as one. I don't want to get too deep in that. That's that's the only that's the only thing that I would change. And I and when I say put the Yankees at three, I mean they could be two. They I they might change it be, by the time I could. post it tomorrow. I mean you're 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 good with what it is because guess what? This is this is able to change every week, and and what it will do is change again because I mean yeah. the Yankees just lost against. Uh, Cleveland, who you just said is a really good team that's not even on his list. If the Yankees lose again tonight, uh, I say Cleveland is currently better than the Yankees right now. You know, so it's depending on what's going on. Uh, But I will say something. That point that you wrote up about IKF, Donaldson, and Hicks, uh, do not ever bench Cabrera for Hicks ever again. Don't ever do that again. Put, or IKF playing third yesterday. Yeah, I was just about to say, put LeMahieu at third. I will take that. Well, the, yeah, well, LeMahieu yeah. had off yesterday. Yeah, well, that and makes sense. But, yeah. And I can understand you want to, I mean, you can't just bury these guys on the bench. You of know, course, they need to course. get some reps since I understand. I think it this Russian roulette of like who's going to get the day off has been solved because Donaldson's on the IL. So you can play Glaber and DJ at the same time. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Cabrera needs to be in the lineup every day. To, to me, Hicks is just getting owned by the fans. It's to me, it's nuts. I, I'll say this so we don't stay here too long. But yeah, to me, I, I felt like ever since Boone has been uh, the coach of the team, we've had like these mar- these weird marigold rounds with these players that are just kind of there. Right. And they he puts them in just so they, you know, they're not unhappy. Right. And he, he puts them in like the IKFs of the world, uh, the Hicks of the world. Uh, you can think of some plenty of other players, but they need to. I understand that they're not trying to bring up all these good young players because they don't, you know, money wise and want to keep them down and, and hold them a little bit longer. So they don't have to pay all these things and keep their payroll in check and not have to lose these guys. But. I'm tired of the Yankees going out and getting the Donaldsons of the worlds. That is really, he's washed now. I all due respect Donaldson. When he was in his prime, he was on fire. Donaldson hasn't been in his prime for yeah. quite some time. MVP cover of video games. Yeah. Doing he, it I, I'm, I'm giving teams. him his flowers. He did yeah. his thing during his prime. IKF. You had an opportunity to potentially trade him during the off season. Cause you knew good and damn well that he was not going to be playing shortstop. When the season started, so you could have got rid of IKF because you also have what is it, Peraza? That could have potentially it was Peraza and Volpe, so you really didn't need to worry about IKF. You could just ship them ship them off. But I get it. IKF is a utility person that you can put in multiple places, and it's always good to have a utility guy. But I can only imagine how IKF is, and every time I see IKF get up, again, no slander to this young man. It's just I just immediately say, okay, that's an out. I don't ever yeah. think that it's going to go anywhere further than that. And Hicks, it sucks because Hicks at one point in time, Hicks was was doing extremely well, but and and you keep him around because he's a switch hitter, but he can't turn that switch on to hit shit. So what are we doing here with Hicks too? Yeah, and I can understand from his point of view being frustrated, Hicks, but mm-hmm. like just stop talking and start playing. Like I don't know if I said that on the air or not to you, but it's just like you're 
built you're making your own bed here dude like let's uh you know if you if you're winning i don't care what you're saying if you're playing well but look a lot i think a lot of the frustration is there's a and real quick there's we i say we as a yankee fan we didn't get machado we didn't get bright we didn't go after bryce harper we didn't sign a guy like trey turner or dansby swanson or um you know any any other big free agent that we were rumored to over the last couple of years mm-hmm. because we were because we had hicks but to more point fulpian and peraza yeah so the pressure that are on these two kids and and peraza's in triple a probably the short step of the future they'll move volpe but i don't know his glove he's been volpe's at least made some great defensive plays some errors but he's 21 i'm not worried about yeah, anthony volpe he's young so this is what we're left with and that's why a lot of the disdain from the the fans are like why is it manny machado our third baseman again the elitist yankee fan point of view why don't we have manny machado why do we have josh donaldson or even Gio or and you know so i think that's part of the frustration and Look, I mean, a fresh start can help. Look, Joey Gallo is actually playing well in Minnesota where the spotlight <laughs> is not on him and he could strike out three times a game. And, and no one's going to say shit yeah. Yeah, yeah, so peace. it's like, so who knows? Maybe a fresh turnaround for everybody, but, you know, it's it's early in the season. There's 150 more games to play, so. Well, fresh start, Sam, is a, a pretty good way to describe this gentleman. Uh, OBJ has got a fresh start, and it's not with Sam's Jets like I thought it would be. Sorry, yeah, Sam. same, dude. Um, I'm good. I'm not losing sleep. Okay. OBJ signed with the Ravens. Uh, one year, 50, 15 million guaranteed, but he can earn up to 18 million. Uh, the Ravens have never, never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. That's wild. So there's that. Um, crazy to me uh he's been in constant communication with lamar jackson yeah apparently they were in miami hanging out over the weekend Good they were at live it was on on instagram and all that other jazz partying up together uh facetime that was the whole clip that they showed facetime uh, obj's son's wearing lamar's uh, jersey so they've nice. been in touch uh the the underlying thing that i keep hearing here sam is uh players talk to each other and players believe players. Forget all of what the Schefters of the world and so on and so forth are reporting. Players talk to players, and it's a different type of bond. If I'm telling you that I'm going to do this or something like that, it's different. We keep it under wrap because it's just that brotherhood. So it leads me to my question. What does this mean for Lamar and the Ravens? Now, I've said on here that I don't think Lamar was coming back. Now, with yeah. this happening... I don't see no other way. I, I, I Lamar's coming back. There's there's no doubt in my mind that he's coming back. At what cost is what he's coming back for? Does Lamar come back and sign the tenure? Because guess what? OBJ only signed for a year. If Lamar signs the franchise, he's only there. He only has to be there for a year. They play together for a year, do what they got to do, and you go about your business. Lamar gets some good money for this year, nothing else guaranteed outside of that. But you go from there. I, again, if I'm Lamar, would not play at all until I got a contract and going from there. But do you think this is the last 
This is the signature of Lamar basically saying, I'm staying with the Ravens now. If they're as close as it's speculated they are, and clearly, I mean, they're hanging out. His son's wearing his jersey, all of that stuff, right? I, I think I, I agree with you. I There's a point of diminishing returns. I didn't, we both didn't think that Lamar should have gotten on that field last August unless that deal was signed. And he, he did. He got hurt, but it didn't matter, right? He, if he was healthy for those five or six games he missed and he still put up Lamar numbers, it wouldn't have changed this situation at all. Maybe, maybe Baltimore is saying, look, you can't stay healthy. Look, we have Tyler Hundley. Like, you know, so yeah, maybe, but I, I agree. I think if eventually he's going to want to sign and play and, and make money, I mean, it's still like, top five money at the quarterback position is I don't even know what that is now what 40 million dollars at least like but I mean you're but he has a point to say look look what Daniel Jones got look what Derek Carr is getting like and I have an MVP and I am very important to this team why can't I get why can't I make more why can't I make what these guys are making look what and we've said this for a year now look what Deshaun got and I don't have, I don't cause any problems. And, you know, so I, long story short, I, I don't know if he's going to get the deal he wants, but is it going to be a Le'Veon situation where he just sits out the year and doesn't sign anything? That might be the moral thing to do if he really has a stance and wants to, to hold true to that. But Anyone would have a hard time walking away from $40 million guaranteed, even though there's no guarantee for the next year, no matter how much money you have, yeah. it's still hard to walk away from $40 million. Of course. Of course. So if he, if there's not a trade out there for him and it doesn't sound like there is at the moment. I, I just really think this, the whole issue behind all of this is just the NFL is going to do everything in their power to not give a player that much guaranteed money, like a fully guaranteed contract that high. Because then it just says that it sets a precedence for players that says, this is what we can do in negotiations going forward. And I don't think Jerry and the boys want this to happen, period. So I think Lamar, I think this probably would have been resolved a long time ago if Lamar actually had an agent. Yeah, I've been saying that the whole time. Too. Like, like I, I think yeah. this would have would have been done a long time ago because the agent would have absolutely been like, okay, well, Lamar, this is what this market really is. And you may not want to hear it or not, but this is what it is. But they can also write in certain stipulations that Lamar is not privy to because he's not an agent and work things into his contract to get him that money for incentives and so on and so forth that would get him that at that point. Um I mean, I just wish him the best because I know he's just a great young talent. I just want to see him play wherever that is that he may play. I still wish the Jets would just trade for him, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, um, both, man. Falcons acquired Jeff Okuda from the Lions for a fifth-round pick. Get that. Oh. Well, Siri, what I said was <laughs> that the Lions traded Jeff Okuda to the Falcons. For a fifth round pick. Um, thank you, Siri, for asking. It was very respectful of you. Um, the Falcons are are quietly stocking up down there. 
Yeah. Building and I don't think people are talking too. about that enough. Uh, Jeff Okuda definitely did not have the the best relationship with the lines of what I'm hearing. I'm hearing yeah. that he was essentially just wanted to be out at this point. And both GMs worked pretty quickly to get it done. And it, to me, is really surprising for like a fifth round pick. Like yeah. that, it always blows my mind to see guys that I'm like looking at. I'm like, damn, this guy could really add to a team and play his ass off. And then it's just like, you're traded for a fifth round pick in a washing machine with some dryer sheets. Right. <laughs> like, and it's yeah, like, right. right. Wait, what? Um, yes, I know dryer sheets do not go into washing machine. Do not talk to me that way. Uh, but going to get a lawsuit from Tide. Probably something crazy. Yeah, but yeah I, I think that's a good, I think that's a good, uh, phenomenal pickup for them. I uh, love it for the Falcons. I do I as well. I don't I know why the Lions has, let him go. Yeah. I think it probably, ha- I, I didn't really read into it. It probably has to do with they didn't want to pick up his fifth year option. Makes it. Because he's a, he's a third overall pick. Also, the second top three drafted player to be traded within three years. Mm. The, uh, ever. The only the other guy was Sam Darnold. Interesting. Top three pick. So it's like. I was really high on him coming out of Ohio State. I thought he 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 was battling some injuries um over the last couple of years. But I I you know I think he's he's still a really talented player. I I would give up hell, I'd give up a lot more to get him. But you know, good yeah, good for the Falcons, good for him. And you know, Dan Campbell's got, you know, a way to you know, is it if they didn't align, yeah, it's probably for the best to to get out of there. I mean um, you know, good, good for them. <laughs> good for everybody involved. In this. <laughs> um, good for me because I'm already a subscriber for YouTube. Yes, um, sir. If you haven't heard that YouTube secured the bag, uh, AKA the NFL ticket, uh, over the, during the season, this is, this happened. If I remember correctly, like Sam, we were, you and I were talking about it, that they secured this deal. Uh, but we now actually have, what the packages are for it. So for YouTube subscribers, this is people that are already with YouTube, it's $349 a season. It's $249 if you purchase before June 6th. So I'm already in, so I'm assuming I get that price. Or unless you unless you purchase this actual subscription, the, the ticket before that date. Is that the way you're reading it, Sam? Like if you purchase the package before June 6th? Or you have to be a YouTube member before june 6th how are you reading that because that's the part that i've been confused about yeah i I guess i understand i I think you'd you'd have to do it before june 6th to be a subscriber to be eligible so i would say you're you're right in that regard okay okay so that's how i'm reading it as well too but we'll we'll get some more clarification on that uh 389 dollars or 289 early if you bundle with the red zone which is exactly what i'm doing because it just makes sense to have the red zone too you're already gonna spend that it's 40 dollars more you might as well just go in and just get the red zone too so you can just have it going just in case you don't want to watch all games uh for non-youtube subscribers 449 dollars for the season if you get early it's 349 and then 489 389 dollars early uh with the red zone so uh pretty hefty price not really I- I um, thought it was going to be I think it's reasonable. I think it's yeah. reasonable. Um but I mean what I'm saying hefty I'm just thinking about the economy and the, <laughs> the dollar and everything that's going on right now. Who knows. Sure. Um but uh 
I mean, yeah, if you if you get if you the smart thing to do is. You didn't hear this from me, but, you know, just get a family, just do the family thing. You can have up to six devices on there and split it with your friends. And guess what? You'd be fine. So, you know, split that with your family. It's like $60. I think they moved it up to like $70 now a month uh, for it. Or you can just buy it all year. I don't know your financial situation, but you do what's best for you. And then you split this with your friends and your family. And guess what? Multiple friends can have the ticket unless they do the Netflix thing. And they're like, well, you don't live in a household and we're going to charge you more, which is ridiculous. But anyway, uh, I will 100 percent be getting this because I've been waiting for the ticket. Uh, and if I I mean, there's just no way I'm not getting it now, especially now that I have this and had YouTube for a while now. It's it's great. So that's happening, Sam. That's happening. Yeah. Will you, uh, will no, you I'm be purchasing it. Uh, yeah. Uh, totally. And I was ironically was talking to our, our uh, friend Jeremiah, who's been on this podcast a couple times, and he was going to YouTube TV anyway. And he's excited about this happening. But ironically, this like he canceled his cable subscriber like yesterday just out of the blue there you go so he's already getting youtube tv so i thought that was funny um but yeah no i'm i'm pumped i thought it would be a little cheaper um and i thought maybe they could get a little creative with like you're an eagles fan you can't get every eagle game outside of you know the philly area it's blacked out right so mm -hmm. like in new york maybe it's not blacked out you figure there would be like an eagle package or, or something like that maybe maybe it's not worth it financially to do something like that maybe or, you know just charge more and get you know force everyone to get everything but yeah i i think uh it just kind of shows that the nfl prints money they don't care obviously youtube spent a fortune to do this um and it the goal is to increase youtube tv subscribers just like Amazon Prime doing football and baseball is is to do that. So, well, YouTube uh, yeah, I'll, TV I'll is the ish. I'll just say that right now. I I, I told it. Jeremiah that I am calling my cable uh, company should. tomorrow because uh, I've flirted with canceling cable for a while. So I think this might be the listen. Be I, the, I, I talked my parents into this, and I said, you know what. You guys are talking about you have the house phone. I said, why in the hell are you using a house phone? You have a cell phone. Everybody can call you on your cell phone. You're already paying for that. Why are you paying for this? Well, you know, the old school boomer mentality. Well, you know, you have the whole package and the house phone. And I was just like, yeah, I hear all that. But you're at the same time, you're complaining about how much you're paying. And because, yeah. as we know, that has always been expensive. But now you have the opportunity of paying $60 when we got it a month. Right. And then you all you have to do is pay for your Internet with your Internet from that point to have the second to best speed. It's only two of you in the household. So your speed's not going to get messed up. Yeah, you're going to be paying way yeah, less than what you were paying before. And guess a, what? You get all the channels you still wanted and then you can add on packages if you want to. Yeah, it's it's funny because you, you say the whole triple play thing or whatever, the three mm -hmm. services. Right. I've been paying cable bills and living on my own since like 2008 i've had a phone number at every apartment or townhouse or house that i've owned including this house that i'm in right now <laughs> i do not know what my landline phone number is because i don't have a phone plugged into it there my wife's go. got her cell phone i got my cell phone yep yep There's no good. point 
no point. no point. It's None. so yeah, no, to- no. I mean, if you're if you listen to this podcast, you probably already know there's no point to a lot of yeah, a lot of that stuff. But you know, it's just a you know, just the way the world is going to work, and you know, it it'll be it's a big investment for YouTube. Certainly, something Google can afford, and um, just be interested. I'd I'd be interested to see what how this benefits YouTube a year from now, like. You know, are more yeah, I want people to see their numbers. Yeah. getting, getting. I just saw too the Yes Network is, um, basically you can buy the Yes Network if you don't have yeah cable coverage too for like two hundred bucks a year. Which yeah, remember you uh, and I were talking about that yeah. whole thing, and I'm yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's you're getting opportunities to do it. I, I I just hope that after they do redo a deal, that the Yes Network can be on multiple platforms, and it's just not on, you know, uh. Was it? It's on FiOS, DirecTV, Spectrum. Yeah, yeah just push it some more. On there, yeah, 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 pretty much like the major ones. So we need more yes everywhere. Anyway, uh, WNBA. We're gonna get through this real quick. Uh, Aaliyah Boston, the power forward from South Carolina, has been one of the best players in college basketball, if not the best player, uh, period for the past couple of years. Uh, no surprise. She was the number one overall pick in the WNBA draft, and she was drafted by the Indiana Fever. Uh, number two was Diamond Millard, filthy uh, shooting guard from Maryland. Uh, she was drafted by the Minnesota Lynx. And then at number three, which I'm going to see if Sam knows this is a prize. Let's see what happens. Maddie Segrist, power forward from Villanova, drafted by Dallas Wings, is from... Is she from around here? I didn't know that. Poughkeepsie, New York. Is she really? She went and played at Lords. Yep. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. The whole time? She was at Lords the whole time? She went to Lords, yep. And then from Lords, she went to Vin- Villanova. Mm-hmm. I didn't I had no idea. That's yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh one of our one of our one of our neighbors in our our area. Uh shout out to her. Number three overall, absolute problem in Villanova. Uh so just wanted to know that little tidbit in there because I thought that was really cool, at least for us. Uh, but the best thing about my weekend, the best thing about my weekend is my favorite UFC fighter put on a damn show. And I am so ecstatic that he did this. Israel Adesanya reclaims his middleweight belt from beating his arch rival, Alex Perez. Finally. Yes, finally. New shocks. Uh, I say that because I know about this now. <laughs> I sat there. I have witnesses. I have proof. I wanted to surprise you. I sat there and watched the last two fights on the card. Um, so are you surprised? Uh I just think you're doing this now just to be like, I can come on the podcast, be like, ha, Brandon, I watched it because you know you didn't think I watched it. But I watched it. So, yes, I'm kind of surprised. But at the same time, I want to tell you to kick rocks. But I love you. So, there's that. But I am proud of you. <laughs> um, did you enjoy the fight? I thought it was I thought it was great. I did not see Adesanya winning that fight. It was... Wow. Wow. Uh, no, just from the progression of the... It just seemed like... He was not going to to win. He was up against, you know, the cage. He was getting beat up. All of a sudden, he lands that, like, 
jab and it just was like that was it it was so i didn't see that coming again i'm not an experienced mma viewer but um you know i i think you could say that was a, a shocking result based on how the the match was playing out am i wrong you're not you're not wrong i don't want to say you're wrong because it's this is this is what you you viewed and it's it's also kind of refreshing to hear somebody that doesn't watch as much as me hear their view so you're not wrong um israel was winning on the cards uh was he yeah he was winning on the cards um at least in my opinion i didn't go back and go through and see it yet but i'm sure he was uh, just of what he was landing at that point in time, uh, that that uh, exchange that he ended up catching Pereira could have went one of two ways because Pereira was pressing him, pushed him against the cage, uh, but he was able to slip him, hook him, and I don't think the part that a lot of people saw, at least everybody seeing the over the top right that yeah. that got him both of those, but it was really the left hook that opened it up and and got him to, to fall right into the right and then dropped him. And then the celebration at the end, I don't know if you watched the entrance of Pereira, but when he walked out, he did his, his arrow and yeah. shot it at Israel. Israel made sure he did three of those while Pereira was on the ground. Yeah. And then, which I've been dying laughing to see people argue about this, but it's just hilarious to me, then pointed to Pereira's son and then dropped down to the ground and acted as he was knocked out. And a lot of people said, wow, dude, you're really going and you're talking to a little kid like that. Story behind that is back when Israel lost his first fight to Pereira in kickboxing, which is where this all started. Right. His son was in the ring and dropped to the ground and acted knocked out like Israel. So that was Israel. Remember that from all the way back then. And he was waiting for this opportunity, pointed to his son, and dropped down and did that. Now, is that petty of all petty? Absolutely, but I am here for it, and I love it. Um, that was great, yes. And to our point last week, no one's talking about it, but Angel Reese can't mock uh, Caitlin Clark. Yep. If you win, you talk. Talk you can do talk, what you got to do. Yep. Talk your talk. If you're yep. if you're winning, do your thing, man. If you you're not, and you end up like Aaron Hicks, like no one cares that you're not starting. You're you can't get on base. So it's like, yeah, no, I didn't know any of the. I knew their kickboxing history and that he's mm-hmm. never beat Pereira. I knew, I knew that, but I didn't know. Yeah, that he uh, was even pointing to his son when he did that. So yep, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's yeah. very very I mean, deep rooted. Look, I you know, I have kids, obviously, like you protect kids right correct but, correct i mean it's it i'm sure that no one was offended by that right no i'm, I'm sure and at, at the end uh in the the tunnel after the fight Pereira and israel hugged it out which is really really cool after all that israel if you've ever watched the israel fight even if he talks the most trash about you at the end of the fight when he wins he is humble as hell, will hug you up, dap you up, and give you your respect because at the end of the day, you're mixed martial arts. I'm a mixed martial arts, and you have a, a infinity for another person because they've gone through the same thing as you. So show much respect for that. Pereira is also moving up uh, a class after this knockout, which I don't think is a great thing, but whatever. The other fight was Gilbert Burns 
the the second the the co-main event gilbert burns jorge masvidal i don't think anybody that watches mma thought jorge masvidal was winning this fight at all gilbert burns won easily but masvidal retired and the cool part about that is he's from miami this was in miami so he got to retire in front of his friends family on the home crowd uh, masvidal is really known for it and still to this day is the quickest knockout in UFC history, which was the flying knee against Ben Askren. That is still the quickest knockout in UFC. And that is what put him on the map. Yeah, I saw period. Um, but outside of that, uh, Masvidal really hasn't done anything special in the ring. Uh, but I'm glad that he gets to ride off into the sunset because he's, he's made some money. He was on the cover of, uh, what you call it, the UFC uh, video game. I can't even think the damn name of it, but the opposite of Israel Adesanya, which is ironic that that happened. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. 